Hey, welcome back to this episode of The Dance Business Daily. Today, I'm hanging out with Lauren Skiniotis, the owner of Momentum Dance Studio in Hoboken, Glen, Illinois, and you are not going to want to miss this. Check this it out. This is Dance Business Daily, a daily podcast where you can always find real talk with real studio owners, where we'll share best practices, success stories, and actionable insights so we can all get a little bit better together. I'm Bryce Conlon, and I'll be your guide. Welcome to the show, and let's get into it. All right, so one of the things that I think is maybe the most interesting question that I ask dance studio owners all across the country and all across the world is, how on earth did you get into this business, right? It's so interesting how folks end up here. And today I'm hanging out with Lauren Skiniota. She is the owner of uh, Momentum Dance Studios, and we are going to start there. But first, Lauren, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. My absolute pleasure. So you have already given me um, in our kind of pre-recording conversation a really, really interesting view of how you got involved. But for our listeners, how'd you, how'd you become a studio owner? Um, yeah, it was not something that I expected and it happened very quickly. Um, so I grew up dancing in Homer Glen as a young child, spent 15 years in a studio from the ages of three to 18. I went through college, um, not for dance, not for business, not for anything like that. And um, that previous studio owner who I'd grown up with, she had been a role model of mine, um, a mentor, um, took me out to dinner one day and said, I need to retire. I'm burnt out. And so uh, she offered it to me then and there. And um, at first it was an offer to say, let's do this together for five years. And then I'll, I'll walk out after that. And it eventually turned into, um, you need to take it over now. <laughs> um, so it happened very quick. Once she understood, she's like, oh, there's, there's a door. I'm going to take it. Um, so she was ready to go, which is completely understandable. She had been in the business for almost 30 years at that point. Um, and she was a fabulous teacher and wanted to just get back into teaching. So she wanted to trust someone who was sort of like family to her and um, carry on kind of our traditions and still have someone who's got some business sense in them to, to kind of take it over too. So when you were, you said you didn't study dance or business in school, what did you go to school for? So originally I went to school for physics, which is why the studio is called Momentum. Um, because so, last time velocity, of course, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, so it was, that was a huge part of my college career. I switched halfway through. Um, so don't recommend doing that. And I would recommend taking a fifth year if you're going to change completely. I went from science to art. So I have a visual arts degree in painting um, and then minors in physics, math and dance as well. So <laughs> it's all over the board. It's funny because I mean, for those listening who are going, how do you go from physics to art? Um, I actually, little known fact is I did the same thing. Like my degree is actually in engineering, but nice. I have never in my life been an engineer. You know, it's like I got out of school. I'm like, all right, well, I got this piece of paper now. Let's go make some art. <laughs> so exactly. I, I get exactly. It. 
that you understand. So, so this is really interesting. So she takes you out to dinner. The plan is kind of a five-year rollover, right? Where you're gonna do, you're gonna work together. How old are you at the time that this is happening? Um, yeah, when she approached me, I was. Um, she had like put a bug in my ear about it a couple of years in advance, but I didn't think she was serious. Um, so she approached me seriously about it when I was 21, and I took it over. 22 <laughs> like so, I, less than a year <laughs> gosh so you're 21 years old Are, were you even out of school at that point i was not no <laughs> so so you're still you're like wrapping up your senior year right and so she comes to you and says hey i have this business and i think that we should work it together what was going through your head like when you get that offer when you know like what were you thinking what did it what was it like to be you paint that picture for us well, in that time, I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. I absolutely had no idea. I had switched my major halfway through to something that like, I also really didn't have a plan for. I mean, I loved art. That's why I did it. I loved physics. That's why I did it. I realized I didn't have a career ahead of me in physics and I didn't want a career ahead of me in physics, but I didn't know where else to go after that. And I definitely didn't want to transition and, and um, transfer schools or anything like that and start a new program. And because I loved my school and I loved my people. So I would have rather just get my piece of paper and done what I want after. Mm -hmm. um, so getting that kind of, it, it was a little bit of hope. I was like, that, that sounds like a plan to me. That sounds like there's some concrete future, something to look forward to and not just unknown abyss ahead of me. Um, but at the same time, it was so scary because I was like, okay, well, you're burnt out, number one, your business is not doing that great, number two. And I don't know what it's gonna be like. I don't know if I'm equipped to do that. So yeah, it was it was exciting, it was scary, kind of all together. So I, that's what I wanna focus on, because I think this is so interesting, because we, we hear it all the time. We work with studio owners all over the country, and it's not at all uncommon to see people who have been working in a business, I think is maybe the language to use for yeah. 25, 30, 35 years. And it's not, the business isn't at a place where they could walk away tomorrow and turn it over to somebody else um, and, it, it, and it would run. They have not created in very you know, plain business speak an asset, they've created a job for themselves. And so we see that burnout. It's very, very common where it's just, there's like a desperation. I have to keep doing this. I'm not sure I want to keep doing this. And that burnout is real. And by the way, if you're experiencing that, like reach out to other dance studio owners just for moral support and be honest about it. There's no shame in it, but it is important to talk about it. Mental health matters. So you're hearing this, like you're, you're the, the, the woman who has kind of taught you dance and presided over your dance experience when you were coming up saying, it's killing me. I'm exhausted. I have to leave. And you said yes. Yeah, I said yes. Um, I don't know if I was just um, extra hopeful, um, but I did know that there were some differences between her and I. Um, I loved her as a teacher and I always grew up kind of knowing just, just from being so close to her always knowing that her passion was in teaching and not in running her studio, not running her business. And that was something 
that I had known even before walking into it. So coming in with the mindset of this is the business is what I'm going to be doing. I will teach if I need to teach. Um, and I'm sure I will love that, but I need to learn to love the business side of things if I want it to survive, because I saw it in front of me the way she didn't love the business and what happens in that case. So that was kind of how I had to go into it. Wow. All right. So let's talk about that learning curve. So here we are, physicist turned, ar turned artist turned entrepreneur, right? And it sounds like really, and I, I'm not using that in a... Um, I think it get. I think that word gets overuse. To be honest, right? Like everyone's an entrepreneur, um, but a side hustle is not entrepreneurship. Like it's not business building. It's treating your business like a business. Showing up and saying, "I have to learn." Just like I love art. Just like I love dance. I have to learn to love accounts payable. You know, and talking to the insurance company and negotiating rates with my landlord, and, and it's that's an interesting mental shift. What was that like as you stepped in? Because you said she, yeah, your your gal, kind of bolted for the door when she realized, like, "Hey, it's not going to close tomorrow. Pew, I'm out." Um, what what was that like for you to step into that and be like, day one, here you are, your co-owner in a studio, you're soon to be the owner of a studio. What's day one like for you walking in? Um, it was hard. It was really hard. Um. She didn't necessarily prepare the other faculty members or the student body or her customer base that this change was coming. Oh, I was not under that impression. So that was probably the biggest hurdle to get over was there was this huge transition happening and a rebranding and all of this stuff. And they didn't know if I was going to bring in my own teachers and let our childhood teachers go and all of that kind of stuff. And it's a lot of change is very overwhelming at once, especially for, for folks that are used to that kind of very consistent, you know, I know exactly who's going to be my teacher in the room every year for 30 years. Right. Um, so it was really overwhelming at that point because she was so ready to get out that there wasn't really a plan to get out. <laughs> It was just, I see the door and I'm going to go for it. And um, good luck to you <laughs> and and salutations. I'll see you on Fridays when I come in and teach the three-year-olds. But other than that, that was it. So I did feel the first two years, at least, she was really coming down from that. Um, it She didn't start getting her personality back until about our third year. And she started having fun in the classroom again because she was finally able to disconnect and leave all that in the in the past when she knew she could trust me with the business after, you know, a couple of years. But going into it that very first year, incredibly difficult, a lot of hurdles that, of course, you don't expect. Um just as a business owner, all, all things coming at you from different directions all the time. And then on top of that, <laughs> you've got a little extra drama on the side. Um, and it, it feels like family drama, you know, because we're, I've, I've grown up in the studio. She was, she's my first memory, you know, and um, all of those teachers that had started at the studio had shaped who I was and all of that. Um, and so all of that change happening at once, I could understand, you know, those families, if they weren't prepared for it, to just get slapped in the face with it right away. And then 
oh, next week, you know, come back for summer classes and we're something new and different and go along with it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it was difficult. You know, one of the, you, you remind me, one of the things that we're consistently encouraging the, the studios that we work with to do is be thinking about succession, right? Because for exactly that reason, because it, and it doesn't mean that you have to step out of the business or even retire, because if you love what you're doing, keep doing it for as long as it feels fun and good and is profitable for uh, you and also is creating value for your customers, right? But the idea of, I mean, we can see what happened. This is a classic case where the owner was the operator and they carried too much, right? They, she was doing too much and she didn't have either the people around her who are carrying that load or the systems in place, like their autonomous systems to just very easily hand it off and delegate to someone and say, here's how we onboard a new student. Here's how we take a follow-up call. Here's how we, here's how we answer the phone. Here's how we greet someone when we walk into the studio. And the truth is they're small things, but if you don't do them and write them down and create those systems, they're all in your head as the owner, then at some point you can't walk away. It's just all you all the time. And that's exhausting and a total recipe for burnout. Absolutely. So, so Lauren, here's my question for you. We're a few years on at this point. This is how this is how long ago you like year one was how long ago? It was in 2016. All right. So we're going on math is hard. Five years? <laughs> <laughs> Just finished five, going on six. All right. So we're going on six years. So congratulations. First couple were rocky and rough. <laughs> how are we doing today? Tell me there's some silver lining for studio owners who are feeling the squeeze that you were feeling. Oh, absolutely. Um, building the place, it takes time, it takes effort, and it takes some love. Um, and it really just takes being true to your own values and and how you want the culture of your studio to, to blossom. So that was something that I had to start with right away was what kind of environment do I want to have and how do I get there? And over the course of the years, I knew it had to be a slow change you can't change everything overnight. And so teachers that stayed on that were also burnt out from teaching from for 30 years, slowly found their way to the door after a couple of years. Um, and that was a little bit more helpful than everyone changing over all at once. And then as the families began to trust me and trust that I could put on a good show and let their kids have fun and teach them something along the way, um, it became easier for them to trust my decisions and who I'm bringing in as, as instructors, um, as guest artists, as whoever, our desk attendants, anything. So it became a lot easier that way um, with that slow transition, um, creating, creating that culture. So it has, it has been quite the journey. So the only person left from that original staff is now that previous owner. Um, and then one teacher who was brought on kind of near the end of that um, era, but she was she was very young, very excited to, to get going. So that was helpful to have her on board as well, to have some familiarity with the students, with someone who is also young and excited and um, and wants them to succeed like I did too. So yeah, creating that, it takes time, but it was, it was so worth it and it is so worth it. And we're going to keep developing that. It's going to keep evolving over the years 
And um, as long as, you know, I'm keeping my values, the core values of the studio at the heart of every decision that we make, then it's going to go the way I want, I hope. <laughs> I may have to bring you back at some point because we hear values talked about often, I think in kind of society at large, certainly in, you know, in small business ownership. Um, but I've never heard anybody quite anchor on them like you just did. And so I may bring you back because I, I, I don't want to let our, our time go by without for, uh, talking about some of the other cool things that you're doing uh, at Momentum. But I may bring you back to talk about values in particular and just like a practical look at how to find your values and then implement those values, kind of operationalize them across across the studio to design a culture. And I, I, I'm a big fan of this. I had um, in a previous life, I had the pleasure of interviewing a CEO of a $22.5 billion a year company. And they're known for their culture. And I asked him about their culture. I said, how do you create this culture? How do you design this culture? And he goes, you can't design culture. All you can do is design the behaviors that you do every single day. And that turns into your, and I was like, that has never left me. I was like, what? Never left me. So I may bring you back if you're, if you're down, if you're like, if you're open to that. But I do want to talk about, you're doing some really cool stuff. And you were telling me um, about what's important to you based on your, based on your values, based on what is significant. You're doing something really cool with adaptive dance. And um, what was it? I'm looking at my notes now, the Youth Protective Advocates uh, Certification. Can you just give us a high level of both of these kind of programs for listeners who may not know what that means? And then we'll, we'll dig a little into why you've made the time and um, capital investment to pursue that. But if we could give us just a high level of what is Adaptive Dance and the Youth Protective Advocates program. Yeah, so um, I'll start with the Youth Protective uh, Advocates and Dance program. Um, that is a certification that I highly recommend all studio owners and teachers and anyone who's dealing with children in a recreational sense um, to do, even if you're not in dance. Um, but it's it's a course that talks a lot about um, first aid, abuse awareness and prevention, injury prevention and response, um, safety and emergency procedures and preparedness, uh, social media safety, um, dance culture right now, um, developmentally appropriate artistry and um, body image and nutrition. And um, of course, the last bullying and conflict resolution as well. So that is something that is so important that I think all educators need to be um, well-versed in. And it's, it's the parents trust us with their children or guardians trust us with their children in the classroom to take care of them and to make sure that they're supported and healthy and welcome and safe. Um, so that's super important. And I highly recommend anyone to take that course. It is incredible. Um, but outside of that, our adaptive dance program is a, it's a totally different certification. We started that adaptive dance program back in the early 2000s. Um, so with the previous owner, she developed this program to start with, um, just started with 
children with physical disabilities. And then it morphed into a program that included children with cognitive disabilities as well. And now there's really no age limit. So I have adults in my program as well. We've got um, children and adults with physical disabilities, children and adults with uh, cognitive disabilities. And we went through a couple other um, teachers went through our um, RhythmWorks Integrative Dance uh, certification, which is fabulous again. Um, so that is a certification that um, deals with uh, fun and functional dance movement and uh, evidence-based practices in like sensory integration, um, therapy and kinesiology, movement safety, um, and aid in, in reaching developmental goals and all of that. Um, so it really helps us with both um, students with physical disabilities and with cognitive disabilities, which is fabulous. It was a, it's a very intense course. They give you a ton of resources. Um, and it just really helped us strengthen the program that we already had um, and kind of diversify it as well. So they focus a lot on the hip hop side of things because it's, it's a little bit easier to teach in that way, but we can take those principles and apply them to other styles of dance and kind of diversify too. So this is fascinating to me because these are two things that as a dance studio, you are under no obligation or expectation to pursue. You don't have to do that. If you just offer your regular old, you know, dance programming, you show up for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour. And I always use little Sally comes to dance or little Johnny learns a few new moves and are, they're bopping around and they're having a great time. Great. It's we're socializing the kids. They're getting their wiggles out. Awesome. That's as far as you have to go. That's as far as the expectation, but that's not as far as you've gone. You've taken it to kind of a next level where you're really able to create these well thought out, inclusive environments. And my question is why, why make the time and capital investment in doing something that nobody expects you to do? It's worth it with the kids and you see the kind of deep connections they start creating and they feel safe and supported and excited to come. And it is a place that for me, when I was growing up was my safe space. Sure. We didn't have these kind of extras uh, when I was growing up, but I knew what I needed in those times. I knew what I didn't receive um, and I knew what I did. And I, so I knew what works at least for me when it came to um, kind of emotional release and stress release and um, having the comfort and safety of um, dance and familiar people in a place that I knew as well. So having that in times of struggle, which everyone is going through all of the time, no matter what, whether we're in a pandemic or not, everyone has a struggle that's going on behind the scenes, that dance can be a supportive place and it should be. It's a place where it it's you get away from school drama, you get away from your your whatever's going on, conflict in your family or at home, whatever it may be. And that was definitely dance for me when I was growing up. It was an escape. So um, offering a safer place and a more well thought out for sure. Absolutely. And inclusion is just our world has to be inclusive. And I I grew up bullied, you know, and I was, I was kind of a nerd and kind of an outcast, but, um, having a space where I felt really welcome and like, it was my space and like, I could 
open up and talk to someone or I didn't have to open up if I didn't want to, I can just release it physically. You know, that was really important to me growing up and probably, um, yeah, that, that was my only coping mechanism for a while. And I, I had to learn that the hard way. I didn't even realize that that was how dance was affecting me until I got to college. And I had my first semester without dance, without it at all. And I realized I was under so much stress. I was under so much emotional turmoil from all of the changes and, you know, being independent and dealing with college stress that I was like, I needed that space. So for me, it became very important. And I know it's going to be important for anyone who grows up in the, in the studio too. So why not create a safer space? Why not create a more inclusive space where everyone can feel welcome and no one is an outcast and everyone's just got a space to be. Wow. Well, so uh, thank you for sharing that story and, and showing up really, truly authentically to kind of help us understand your why and the reasoning behind the value. So what is the value in your organization that is driving this behavior? Just to bring yeah. it full circle. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, the, yeah, if we're going full circle, kind of going above and beyond for other people, because I know the people that went above and beyond for me. And I, of course, we all want to pay it forward, but to create other people that are going to go above and beyond for other people, it's just, that is the kind of society that I want to live in. And I know that once other people feel what it feels like to have someone be your advocate, to have someone be um, someone supportive and that you can go to in all in all cases, whether it's dance related or not, um, that they can have trust in other people. That's, it's so important. So yeah, going above and beyond for me was the thing that got me through and is the thing that's getting me through and is the thing that I really hope to pass on to all of my students that they can welcome each other with open arms and again, go above and beyond for each other. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. Well, yeah, I mean, I think, Lauren, we probably will um, want to bring you back at some point, whether it's for another episode on the podcast or, frankly, if you'd be open to it, we may consider putting together a live workshop or like a virtual workshop for other studio owners <laughs> to talk values because this stuff really does matter. By the way, not just from a kind of from the obligation that we have to our parents and to the students that we teach, but also values help your business to, to systematize, to um, stay on track. You know who to hire, you know who to terminate. It's really easy when you have this kind of higher authority that you're answerable to, that everybody in the organization is answerable to. So um, I may, I may, we may get curious about like, what can we do with this? Because it's really important, but it's also kind of tough to Get your brain around if you've never done yeah. it before. Yeah. Hmm. All right. More to come on that. But I, Lauren, I do just want to say thank you. I am just blown away um, by who you are and how you're showing up in your business. And I really want to just take a minute to say thank you for for bringing that in your fullness to our listeners today. Really, really do appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me. That means so much. Thank you. My pleasure. Anytime, truly. Well, that's it for this episode of the Dance Business Daily. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe. And you might also want to check out these videos here. 
Have a great one. Chat soon.